Once was a land of woe and strife Where the people were bereft of hope They prayed to their gods of might and light To deliver the heroes of old Instead they got Heroes, did you hear the quotes in my voice of moral ambiguity? They may help or may not help you at all, depends on what's in it for them. They kick and they punch and they maul and they smash. They lie and they scheme and they burn and they slash. Succeed or fail, it has to the tell. Dungeons and debacles starts now. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Dungeons and Debacles podcast. I'm your host and Dungeon Master, Kevin. Going around the table, John. Hey, we're probably going to have some difficulties. The kitten is feeling feisty today. Despite the distraction, I will be playing Alunitas, Elven Monk. And Blake. My name is Blake, and I'll be playing Juliet, the Eldritch Knight slash Wizard Dragonborn. And joining us today is Nathan. Hello, I'll be playing Bakulagar, the Half-Wolf Barbarian. Okay, so last time on Dungeons and Debacles podcast, um, you had fought a paladin of Arathis. Um, it was a pretty awful battle. Uh, I guess I know what it takes to uh, take a bunch of you uh, cats down because uh, we ended up killing the bard, uh, Alexander. You chased down a elven wizard who had ran um, from the battle, who tells you that uh, he was basically conscripted and uh, kidnapped and brought into this whole thing that he didn't want to fight. And this paladin was mad. He had lost his mind after the Temple of Arathis was burned. And the paladin had been uh, going up and down this coast, uh, basically murdering people, accusing them of being red talons. The elf you learned his name was Iolus. After a few, or he said he was going to um, help you raise the bard from the dead. That he knew a priest that owed him a favor uh, to the north in Hollows Point. So that's where you've headed. Uh, you entered town and you found a rundown temple of Ilmater. Once you got inside, um, you followed him down some steps. Um, to look for the priest inside and uh, as he was leading you and reached the bottom of the steps he took off running uh, hitting a lever on the side of the wall and closing the door behind you that's where you find uh, yourselves now question where's Alexander right now Juliet was carrying him in okay so so his body uh, in my arms, he's holding my shoulder. That's what. I'm okay. So um, you hear this elf down uh, in this area below the stairs. And hold on, let me move you over to a new map. So uh, yes. from the bottom of these stairs, you're going to hear Iola shout, "You fools! You're now in the clutches of the Red Talons. Prepare to die!" And uh, John, uh, are you the one leading the way right now? Is Lunadas leading the way down the steps? I don't know. That's entirely up to you, sir. It's either Juliet or you. So. I guess so, then. Um, well, I, get, I mean, it might make sense to have Juliet lead the way because she's the one carrying the body. Uh, then, yeah, it would be Juliet. 
Okay, so, um, Juliet, you are uh, most of the way down the stairs, and you're going to be able to look into this room, and uh, inside, uh, you're going to see that it is a uh, basically a stone floored and walled room, um, about 30 feet wide, and about 50 feet deep, and from what you can see down in here, uh, there appears to be 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 people down here. Um, you are going to see them look surprised for a moment, um, hearing uh, Iolus yell this, and then they all start pulling out weapons. Oh, we're allowed to speak, okay. Uh, yeah, if you want to. <laughs> um, but you are going to see uh, one of the... Uh, there's a big half-orc um, that is behind Iolus that's starting to move up. Are you freaking kidding me? Whoa, wait, really? hold up. Red Talons. Uh, um, yeah, you go. You, uh, so, uh, Lindados says that, and you are going to see a life figure in a black robe push through the crowd at your right and is going to jump in front of this half orc. And then you can see that uh, he's uh, a tall elf with a brown hair in uh, a top knot. And uh, he holds his hand above his head and yells, Hold! And uh, the half orcs, or the half elf's going to look right at Alunidas and say, Alunidas, is that you? What the? What? What are you doing here? I don't remember his name. <laughs> uh, Lagrim Azazim, you made it up. Some bullshit name, man. It's Portuguese, and I was distracted by the kitten. I tried to get rid of the kitten. I think I'm going to have to close the cat door to actually lock him out of the room. Anyway, um... You could have made yeah, this all easier if you just called him Doug. But Doug is not cool. Well, my friend Doug is cool, but it's not a cool name. Well, it kind of is. But no, not in keeping with the theme. There's a... You two, uh, know each other? Yes, I know Lagrimas from the monastery. And, uh... Huh. He's gonna say, are these people with you? Yes. These are the Dark Companions. We've been working for Harbinger, collecting the artifacts of the Savior. He's going to turn around and look at uh, the rest of the people in this room and say, I vouch for these people. They are with us. Stand down or face me and my brother. And you're going to hear this loud voice from the back of the room say, Would someone mind telling me what the hell is going on here? I'd like to know too. You look, and the voice is coming from a tall female white dragonborn at the back of the room. Uh, she's wearing dark robes with uh, gold um, scroll work up and down the sleeves. Uh, Juliet, give me a perception check. Wait, let me just tell you ahead of time I'm going to fail. So, hey, a 16. There we go. Oh, that's plenty. Um, Juliet, you would recognize the holy symbol around her neck as the holy symbol of Tiamat. Oh my goodness, my heart is a light. As she says that, um, Iolus is going to turn around and say, uh, These people killed the paladin I was controlling to cause chaos along the coast. It was going so well until that little girl stuck a knife in his throat. A dangerous one she is. I ran before they could kill me and sh they caught up. Discretion being the better part of valor and all. I decided to surrender and promise them some aid for their fallen comrade. 
I place their leader under a geese, the dragonborn over there, to make her agreeable and brought him here in hopes he would help me murder them. And here we are. Talia's just gonna uh, bubble up with laughter. Being called dangerous, she's gonna be <laughs> absolutely amazing. <laughs> Wait, you cast a spell on me? Yes. I don't recall that, but I'd, I'd be pretty nice. mad if I wasn't so impressed. No wonder you were all nice and friendly. And so does this mean he's you say, can't help us bring Alexander back? And yeah, I also going to say, well, I didn't lie about that part, but you are all far too trusting. I'm surprised you've got this far. But yes, this is Char, our lady of Tiamat over here. She's about the most powerful you'll meet this side of the Black River. Julia is going to kneel in reverence. Talia is going to say, I knew I should have stuck a knife in you while you slept. <laughs> and Hylos uh, is just going to turn around and look at you. And he's going to back a couple of steps up behind the half-orc. <laughs> the white dragonborn in the back is going to say, Thank you for the introduction, Hylos. But would somebody mind telling me who these people are and what you're doing here? Oh, uh, my name is Juliet. This is my uh, young lord Talia, our friend Alunada, and we are the Dark Companions, uh, Red Talons, like yourselves. Red Talons? How do I know any of this is true? What proof do you oh, have of Oh, uh, I, I have a note here. <laughs> and Julia's gonna pull out the note. To, uh... I love that she's rummaging through her pockets while still <laughs> having Alexander's corpse over her shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> Logger mouse. He's like searching through one pocket, shifts the corpse through the other soldier, searches through the other pocket. <laughs> so, uh, your, uh, logger mouse is gonna say, Avari vouch for Lunados. We trained together at our mistress's monastery. He cannot be broken or swayed from our cause. And Shard's gonna say, Well, that may be, but I wasn't asking you, monk. And the half-elf's going to give a slight bow of the head and steps back, and then he's going to look over to Lunadas and wink. Lunadas will not understand. <laughs> God damn it. What are you doing? Uh, well, we showed him the note, correct? Yes, no? Uh, you're handing uh, that parchment over to Shar? Uh, uh, yes. Okay, so... If everything is in order, we come with full... Power We're here on orders from Harbinger. Yeah, that, that, what he said. So uh, the Dragonborn is going to uh, look over this parchment for a minute and say, Well, you are who you say you are, or you're insane for carrying this. We don't get much news around here as isolated as we are, but I have heard of you, causing quite the ruckus down south. And that temple in Kala that that paladin was a tizzy about, was that you as well? It uh, was indeed. <laughs> Is Juliet still not claiming that? I, you know what? Uh, he can, he can have this one. Lunadas can have this one. Oh, don't be so modest. You're the one who killed the bishop, burned them to death in the fire. All right, as he was trying true. to run away, uh, and then you stole their robes, and you've been wearing them and pretending to be a priest. Oh, it's been so much. Fun. The whole dress-up thing has been pretty fun, and now Talia gets to dress up as a bat. <laughs> so, so exactly what does your cell do here oh stirring the pot here stirring the pot there 
causing general chaos. That's what Iolus was doing down south with the paladin who came into the town about a month ago. It was too good of an opportunity to blame all these mutters on him. I would ask you the same. What are you doing here? We're on our way to Feydale, looking for the boots of Feydale. Ah, uh, yes. It's a powerful artifact, I hear. I also hear that there's a bounty for it, and many of the other lost artifacts. Yes, that's going to be annoying and inconvenient, but, well, we'll work around it and kill whoever we have. Iolus is uh, going to uh, speak up, and he gives this nervous chuckle. He's like, <laughs> oh, well, isn't this just a comedy of errors? Seems we're all on the same team after all. Is my face as red as that dragonborn? <laughs> all that subterfuge for nothing. I release you, Juliet. And the elf's going to wave a dismissing hand at you, Juliet, and you feel this tingling go away that was uh, almost imperceptible until you felt it go. Huh. I feel literally not different at all, but uh, thanks. I'm kind of surprised you're not angry. I can appreciate magic in all its forms. So, Char's going to say, so what are you doing here specifically? Traveling from uh, Ash Marsh up to Fadale, he said. Except, of course, we were interrupted by your paladin tool, and you killed our, um, Alexander person. So, uh, Char's gonna say, I can raise your friend from the dead with the power that Tiamat has blessed me with, and would, uh, would do so considering the importance of your task, and Iolus' part in impeding it. His life may very well be forfeit for it, even though he was ignorant of you and your purpose. And uh, Iolus is going to chime in and say, but, but, but I made the sign when we first met. And he's going to make the sign of uh, two crossed <laughs> downward fingers in front of him, like two downward facing talons, and say, uh, and they didn't react at all other than that elf over there telling the paladin to fuck off and attack. This is not my fault. If anything, they should be apologizing for me for breaking my toy. Just be lucky we didn't stab you when we chased you down. And uh, he's going to give you uh, another look and, uh, like, move another step back behind this uh, half-orc. Yeah, I'm not saying that if you uh, keep on making excuses, we'll let Talia do whatever you want, whatever she wants to you, but, um, shush. And Shara's going to say, yes, silence, mage. You're digging your grave now with a spade and not a spoon. And she's going to give that Iolus uh, a hard look, and you see some frost puff up from her nostrils. And she's going to turn back to you and say, As I was saying before, I was interrupted by a possibly dead man. I can bring back your friend. But there's a problem. There always is. Yes, I don't have an essential component. I don't suppose you have an exquisite diamond with you. Just our sparkling personalities. I'm afraid that won't be sufficient, Elf. How... Fine, must the diamond be? I have a 50 gold piece run somewhere in my pockets. Shifting the corpse, rummaging. Uh, this this probably won't be enough. I kind of scuffed it. Uh, She's going to look at it and say, That's not nearly enough. It has to be worth at least 500 gold pieces. Well, hmm. I'm certain there's a rich asshole around here that's probably going to be willing to donate to the cause once we're done with it. Think we can find one? I don't know that there's anyone in this town that has that kind of money. 
We're pretty of meager means around here, for most of the town. Even if we had the gold to purchase one, which we don't, I don't think there would be one available in this whole town. How long has it been since he fell? Uh, a day? day? Two? Three? Lost count, honestly. She's gonna look at you and give you a look that's kind of like, oh, okay, well, that's good. And, uh, she's gonna say, may I examine him? Oh, um, surely, sister. So uh, Juliet's gonna hand the, uh, corpse off to wherever it can be placed on the floor or if necessary. Uh, you see there's a, a table over to the, uh, the north or the end that you could put him on. All right, perfect. And uh, you walk over the table, and you're going to see some of these uh, people uh, down here move out of the way. And now that you've got time to relax a little bit, you're seeing all kinds of races down here. You're seeing halflings and humans and, and half-elves and, of course, um, an elven monk and then that uh, half-orc. Um, they all appear to be armed, but not in the best of dress. Not exactly like vagrants. Um but uh, they seem pretty poor here. So uh, you sit Alexander down on the, uh, the table. Char is going to go over and uh, look at him and put her hand on his head and open up his eyes to look inside his eyes and then lift up his arms to make sure, you know, rigor mortis hadn't set in. She's going to grasp her holy symbol in one hand and she puts her other hand on Alexander's chest and the holy symbol glows with a dim reddish light as she closes her eyes. After a moment, her eyes open in shock and the reddish light flight, uh, fades. She pulls his belt around and looks at the sheath dagger at Alexander's side. And she studies it for a moment with ginger fingers holding the sheath like she's holding a viper. And after a few minutes, she lets the dagger go and shakes her hands as if she's trying to shake something vile off of them. And she's going to say, His soul is still trapped here in this dagger with something else. This complicates things. And Nifron's going to clear his throat and speaks up and says, The dagger binds a demon. It appears he's now bound as well. A shame. Have you heard of the tragedy of Jack the Entertainer? And I think it's the story that they normally tell me. Uh, Char's going to say, uh, Yes, I know of this tale. And Nifron's going to say, The dagger belonged to the halfling. According to this man, he knew not what it was. It seems he is part of the tale now. And Char is going to hiss and say, How long has he been in possession of this abomination? That's a very good question. Do you know how long you... it's been? Since he, since so, I got out of the crypt, it's got to be, what, a month ago? Once. Uh, it would probably be about uh, five months ago. Yeah, back when you killed uh, the Hathel. Warlock. Yeah, well, you know, forgettable characters. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing he's lasted this long without going insane or killing all of you. I can free his soul from this dagger as it seems that's tied his body to this plane. But his soul's divided between the two, the dagger and his husk. But releasing him from the curse is beyond even me. His body is in excellent shape for being dead for What did you say? Two days? Oh, yes. Uh, Our friend Nifron here cast uh, some kind of spell to stop him from decaying. Nifron's going to say, I put him in a gentle repose. That explains it. You have training as a priest elf? And he says, no. Then how? And he cuts her off and he says, 
My business is my own priestess. Well, very well, as you would have it. As I've said, we do not have a diamond, and the nearest one I would think would be in Ashmarsh. I do not think you can make it there and back in time for me to bring him back. Hmm. Iolus is going to speak up. There is one place in Hollis Point that might have a diamond, but I shudder to think about it. And there's a silence in the room for a while, and he's going to swallow hard. He's going to say, There could be one in the Silverlight Manor. The people in the room get a muttering groan, and the priestess shakes her head and wipes her brow with her hand. And he's going to raise his voice and say, I know, I know, it's a long shot, but you know the stories about how rich they were, and it's just been sitting in the mansion for decades. It would take a braver elf than me to go in there, but you know it's unspoiled. Anyone in this town had a diamond like that, you know it would be them. He well, that sounds him. promising. He scans the crowd, and they're all kind of like looking away from him, and he looks back at the priestess and says, Well, am I wrong? Dragonborn's going to shrug her shoulders and say, he isn't wrong, but instead of raising one man, I would be raising five. That is, if your bodies could be recovered. And Ilus is going to say, but there's only four of them. And her eyes narrow and say, please. <laughs> the dragonborn's eyes narrow and she looks at Ilus and say, well, you would be going with them. He swallows hard and lowers his head and says, uh, well, never mind. Forget I said anything. That does bring up a good point. We're still down a person. If we could grab one of you, a bunch of you, to come with us, I mean, that would be really helpful. And uh, Shard's going to say, I don't think you know what you're getting into. Well, what's so concerning about this uh, silver light? Well, they're Hollow Point's dirty little secret. No one talks much about it because it's considered bad luck unless it's told as a story to frighten children to get them to behave. I mean, a few mean-spirited parents will tell their children they'll send them to the Silverlight Manor if they misbehave. But it definitely isn't a tale told to outsiders. All that to say, it's haunted and cursed. Many have tried to loot it in the past, but no one who's entered to discover its secrets have been seen again. Hmm. But they'd have treasure, and books, and magic, and a diamond. The diamond is what's really important. Possibly. Iolus knows the tale better than anyone. I'll let him tell it. Iolus is going to swallow hard and say, uh, Well, I was a young man when it happened, just 40 years ago. The house, and the town for that matter, were ran by the Silverlights then. They were Lord Fano and Lady Shalana Silverlight, elves of great wealth and pedigree. Fino was the son of Cassian Silverlight and came from the north and founded this town about 200 years ago. I'm told I'm a cousin of the family, though I would not claim it now. I won't bore you with the begots and begets. The tale goes like this. Lady Silverlight was barren and could not bear a child. It was a shame she bore for nigh thirty years. Without an heir, the control of the Hollis Point was in question. At that point, Hollis Point was ruled by the Silverlights, not a council as it is now. The reason is obvious at this point. Years went by and Fino seemed unconcerned and indifferent to his wife and their lineage. There was a maid in the house by the name of Alva. She was a human and she bore two half-elven children. She was unmarried and claimed the fathers of her children were passing elves coming through the household who were guests of the Silverlights, as there were many and she claimed she was seduced by them. 
Lady Silverlight did not ask too many questions as it was shameful that their guests took such advantage of their help. And knowing that elves, by nature, are beautiful and persuasive. The children were raised in the house and Lady Silverlight treated them as her own as she was without child and her motherly instinct overcame her. Rumors had been going on for years that the mage children were actually Lord Thanos, but she ignored them. That was beneath her, and beneath her husband to have relations with someone so low. That was until one fateful night when she was awakened by nature's call and found her husband not in their bed. Surely, she thought, he was up late in his study running figures about the town's finances. When she didn't find him in his study, she went downstairs and found him leaving the maid's room late in the night. The story says she did not confront him immediately, and instead went to the parlor, where above the hearth, Fino displayed his rapier. She took the rapier down and went to the maid's room, where she slew the maid and her children before walking upstairs and slaying her husband. Then, in her grief and shame, threw herself upon the sword. Of course, this is all stories and conjecture, no one really knows for sure. And that is how the tale is told. After a few days of no one hearing from them, their bodies were discovered and buried in the graveyard outside this temple. But all those who have entered the manor after that have not been seen again. No one has dared enter that home for years, but their wealth is well known. If there's a diamond of that quality in this shitty little town, it's there. It's quite the harrowing tale. Probably just a really awesome party in there. People don't want to leave. But it sounds like a promising lead. And uh, do forgive me for saying that we tend to be a bit more brave than the average person. We uh, have dealt with things more terrifying than ghosts before. We killed a dragon. And a mare. You uh, say you killed a dragon and you're going to see Shar's uh, face like crinkle up a bit and her eyes narrow and she's going to stare at you. We shouldn't talk about that because it's not appropriate. We were attacked and we defended ourselves and we treated it with the utmost respect once it was dead. Yep. We skinned it. <laughs> you're going to see uh, some frost like puff from this uh priest's nostrils and then uh, realizing that uh, she's still got that parchment she's going to take it and hand it back to you and then she's not going to say anything I am shamed sister forgive me and she's going to say it's not my place to forgive you but it is Lady Tiamat's judgment that I would be worried about I still believe you're a conduit for her will but you're right I shall be in prayer for a few days that's for sure and she says you worship Tiamat as well uh why yes our lady Wormus is well of all dragonborn well at least you know us of the chromatic type tell me at least the dragon was a metallic a silver I hope it was immune to lightning it's It's a silver um, thing right I believe it was a blue one. What'd you say? Blue one. 
He blew a dragon. So she's she's just going to wave a dismissing hand as if she's done with this conversation, or at least this topic of conversation. <laughs> Uh, yes, so about this manor, uh, is there any special key that we need to enter it? Or is it simply open and just no one goes there? I don't know if it's locked, but I do know it's boarded up. So we'll need a crowbar. That'll be easy enough to get. Let's go. Okay, so are you going to the manor? Are you saying that to her? I don't see why not. Anyone have any objections? Uh, I still would like to bring someone along, but, uh, you can go and scout out the place if you want. Um, we'll sure. be having quite the conversation later, you and I. So, uh, Shara's gonna say, uh, well, since you know so much, Ilus, you will go with them and take some muscle. Brick Hall will do. And, uh, you look over and you, um, see the half-orc that Ilus is standing behind, kind of look over to Shar and, like, give like this almost a shock face and then begin to say something before Shar gives him a look and then he closes his mouth. Nathan uh, give me a description of uh, what Rukal looks like. Uh, he's about average build essentially about six feet five inches uh, and carrying a would it great ass be too much of a switch on my back? No not for your size. And um, I'm wearing like traditional barbarian garbs, if you know what I mean by that. Skins and skulls? Yes. So, uh, how does uh, Brucal uh, react to this news that uh, he's going to be going on this uh, excursion? Uh, like I said, at first he was shocked, but once he gives it a little time to think about it, he actually takes it to be a good opportunity to get some coin, you know? Does he say anything in particular, or? Bracool shall accompany you, Bracool. Nice to meet you, Bracool. So, uh, I also could say, um, fine. And then, uh, well, it's about five o'clock now. We can't just, like, go walking into that house. We should probably wait till after dark, so no one sees us go in. People around here are, yeah, it makes sense. Might as well give Juliet a time to refresh her spells, or whatever she needs. Uh, I don't think you've casted anything at this point. You've had yeah, a couple no. long rests. Uh, not even like a disguise spell or something while nope. walking through we town? we said fuck it. Okay. Remember, we were trying to trick uh, this guy over here into thinking that we were legit. So putting on gotcha. disguise would have defeated the purpose. Yeah, and I'd also like to point out, I mean, none of you fuckers did an insight check on this guy the entire time you were with him spewing his bullshit. Uh, is, it, is it wrong of me if I said that if you hadn't told me that uh, I, I was under a spell that time, we would have just discarded his body off the cliff by now. Oh, I mean, <laughs> you, you are excluded from this because you were under a geese. <laughs> Which, before that episode started out, if you guys remember, I dropped everybody out of the secret channel and told him uh, to roll a wisdom save, and he failed. And I was like, okay, you're under a geese. Play along with all of this. <laughs> Well, Alunadas has good insight, but he needs to have a reason to roll insight, which means he'd need to roll insight to know he needs to roll insight. So it's kind of an insight inception kind of thing. So meta. Talia kind of accepted that Nifron was okay with taking this guy hostage. <laughs> to be fair. All right. So um, 
are you guys waiting around till uh, after the cover of night to sneak into this place? Yep. We're going to have to. Is it a full moon out? Uh, actually, it's a new moon. There's no light. Well, we're going to need some lights then, because uh, I guess I have torches. No, I actually threw all my torches away using it on various things. Oh, and the, the only person in the party that could cast light is dead. That's not true. I can cast light. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's just like, why would I waste the effort when I could just light a fire and be mundane? It's a cantrip. It's a minimal effort. All right, so um, about five hours. if we're hour- going at night, that means Tali will always be able to turn into a bat, no matter what. This is true. Once. Until dawn. Okay, so uh, are you guys doing anything to prepare, or are you just headed to the manor? I'm going to eat a kale salad. Yummy. Mm, disgusting vegetarian. Elves. All right. Just so, for that, I'm going to make it a kale smoothie. So uh, you guys wait until about 10 o'clock. So you're going to head south uh, from you're currently um, you're currently up here in the corner where I'm pinging at number nine. This is where the, uh, the temple is. So you're going to you're going to head um, to the southeast and then down this main road over here. And uh, Iolus is uh, leading you, and you get down to here, and you're going to make a turn to the west, and you're going to travel down this uh, row of houses, which kind of seems like some of the more like affluent places in town until you get to a point, and then you see like some newer construction, and uh, it looks like uh, businesses and um, some smaller houses until you get over here to this large manor house right now there's no one on the street this time of night and you're going to see a tall stone wall that surrounds this manor house the wall is about six feet tall Uh, it's not tall enough to keep somebody out if they wanted to get in but it's enough to afford some privacy and uh, for now the town's pretty grateful for not seeing what (laughs) is inside this courtyard (laughs) I don't get it. New construction near the haunted house. These people have no business or real estate. Well, it's it's one of those matters of like, okay, well, the land here is really cheap. So if you don't have any money, you can build over here. And people are trying to gentrify it. I get it. So uh, you're going to walk to the end of this road and you're going to find the entrance to this place in this wall. It's a wrought iron gate with a chain and a stout lock holding it together come up to it and uh, see that uh, it's together and it's a pretty stout chain. Talia? Let's see if I can pick this lock. It's a 10. <laughs> so you uh, you get the, the, the pick in there and um, you're thinking like you're just like rattling around and you're not doing a very good job but this is a pretty poor lock from what you've seen. You think it's probably more of a security theater than anything else. <laughs> Um, but there's like lots of wiggle room inside this thing and then you're able to, to find the latch and uh, pop it open. I think she should have advantage because Iolus is scared of her and it gives her a boost work. <laughs> it's kind of hilarious that he that he's scared of me. That makes me so happy. Uh, you're a murder machine. You killed a fire deep. I'm also adorable. Can we not can we, you know, not forget that guy? Um so the lock pops makes it up, worse. The lock pops open and the chain falls to the ground. And kind of makes like a clattering noise as it um, it does this long like slide off the gate like a slinky. And it's like and uh, 
It's making a lot of noise. You look around, you don't see any lights come on. And the, uh, the dark windows of the places around here. So are you going in? Happily. So uh, you enter the courtyard of this place, and there's a cobblestone path in front of the house. Uh, the grass here has been left to its own. It's at least four feet tall right now, and you can't see anything else in the yard except for some wild rose bushes against the house. Uh, there's currently no blooms or flowers on them, just brambles and thorns. And the house itself is still beautiful, even though it's not maintained. It's a stone two-story building with a patinaed copper roof. Oddly enough, the windows in this house are still intact. You would think bored kids in this town would have broken them with rocks by now. As you approach the door, it's a large, dark wood double door with elven carvings of great trees and some words written on it um, that you recognize um, that are elven. So Lunados uh, would be able to read them, and anyone else who can read elven, they say, may all that enter here come and go in peace. In peace, you say? Well, that's nice of them. Seems very friendly. And across the, uh, the doors are two rough wooden planks that have been nailed in to keep people out, or something in... Did you just a woo? Werewolf out. Uh, gotcha. Alright, let's get these boards off. Did you bring the crowbar? We brought you. Um. Thieves tools include crowbars, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they do. Talia would have one. So, so a should magic I... crowbar at this point, probably. <laughs> should I just use my thieves tools again, or... You're going to have to pry the wood off this door. It's not like lockpicking something. Yeah, I'll just pry it off. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to hand my crowbar off to someone who's, you know, not 12. Uh, give me a strength check. Me? Uh, whoever's prying this off. <laughs> Natural one. <laughs> Defeated by a door. Yep. Hey, Bakul. What do you say? Want to show us off how strong you are? Bakul shall give it a try. Yeah, so that's a 16. So, uh, Rakul is just going to grab the uh, the crowbar and with one hand just pry the, the wood off the door. Uh, no problem. Both of the plates. And they uh, clatter to the ground. As it huh, seems, no, no one's problems. making any sort of effort whatsoever to be quiet getting in this house. They all just think it's the haunting. And uh, Ilos is going to speak up and he says, Are you guys trying to wake the entire neighborhood? Nope, just the dead. Well, I'm sure if there's dead in there, they're pretty awake. Stealth mission, guys. Who's going to come over here and... They're just going to think we're ghosts or something. Yeah, we'll be fine. Nothing can possibly go wrong. Either that or we get an audience as people watch us fools try to break into this place. Trish, my, we've already broken in. Let's go. (laughs) We head on inside. Okay, you go to open the door and it's locked. Well, that's redundant. Dahlia! On it, but this time I'll try to be quiet about it. 23. Uh, yeah, you stick your um, tool in there and you're not in it for more than maybe three seconds and it pops. Alright guys, it's unlocked. Okay, let's uh, open the door. Juliet opens the door and leads the way. Alright, so... um. You walk inside, and it's pitch black in here. You can't see anything. 
There was a little bit of light from, you know, torches in the town from the outside that you were able to see to get into the place. Uh, but once you get inside, it's you can't see anything. What you do notice, though, is the smell. It uh, smells old and musty, and your nose fills with dust as you walk inside. Um, you also get the faint hit of uh, old decay um, from flesh. Ugh. Someone should clean up in here. Oh, uh, right. I should probably provide some light for us. Juliet is going to use uh, C.S. Maximus and cast light on... Uh, Lumos. Spell is What's Lumos. That? The Harry Potter spell is Lumos. Very well, I, I wasn't with the Harry Potter crowd, man. You're not nerdy enough for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that right there is a clip for the uh, the ad. <laughs> Nerd shamed. Juliet is going to be the one holding the light this time around. Uh, what's the radius on it? It is a 20-foot radius. And then dim light for an additional 20 feet. So yep. you can work your double circle magic there, Kevin. Let there be light. And thus, the entire house was covered with this fucking bullshit from Roll 12. And we can't see shit. But no, we can see. That's uh, good. Yeah, it's the fog of war, man. So uh, you pop up your light spell. And what you're going to see in front of you is the floor and everything in this entryway. Uh, is coated in a layer of dust. Um, give me a perception check. If it is in that area of darkness and it relies on, uh, uh rather the, the area of dim light, we have disadvantage except for our elven friend here. 21. I see that's a things. Maybe three. Well, it wasn't a crit fail. That's, you know what? I'll take that is a very good point. You have a very positive attitude, sir. I like it. Uh, Brickall, you want to give a uh, perception check? Nine. It's Brackool, Kevin. Brackool. Not Brickall. All right, so... Alunidas and Talia, um, you would notice on the floor, there appears to be several sets of footprints, um, but in various stages of, like, age, you can see some that appear to be very old, that they've been filled up with dust, but you can still see the impression and some uh, more recent ones. Um, but it still appears like it's been years since anyone's uh, tried to come in here. The dust is so thick that uh, you can still see their footprints. So, plenty of people have come in here. Nobody recently. Do any of the footprints head back out the door? They do not. Ominous. You can check in, but you can't check out. Welcome to the hotel with a bear rug. <laughs> I was going to say, insert guitar solo here. Such a dusty place. All right, so uh, what are you guys doing? Well, Let's we will move forward, but like Scooby-Doo sneaky style. I just want to <laughs> like develop a mechanic where you walk in one door and then you come out another door at the opposite side of the hallway. <laughs> The Omen's Scooby-Doo door. All right. We are now out of the foyer and into the main hall. Ooh, corpses. So you walk into uh, what appears to be the main hall of this mansion. The light 
doesn't extend to the corners, but what you're going to see, it's a very large rim. Um, the light extends um, about 40 feet, and you can see the back wall and uh, the size of the room here uh, is probably about 50 feet by 50 feet. Um, there is um, wood flooring. Um, you see plaster on the walls um, that is white. You're going to see multiple paintings and tapestries in this room. Um, it's a vaulted ceiling that goes up about 10 feet. Um, and its highest point is probably about 15 feet up. You're going to see a very exquisite crystal chandelier um, with places for candles sitting inside of it. Uh, the room appears to be richly furnished uh, with chairs and tables um, and sofas in the room. Uh, more of the same dust. And you're going to see footprints going to the east and to the west. And at the end of those footprints, you're going to find corpses. Um, to the east over here, you're going to find uh, three corpses. And judging by the dust in the footprints, um, they all came here at different times. And um, they've all died in this area over here to the uh, right of the couches in this uh, grand um, entryway. What about the corpse in the northwest? So, um, to the north, uh, directly ahead of you, you are going to see a fireplace currently with no fire in it. Uh, and then you're going to see a bar uh, in the northwestern corner. And you are going to see a corpse of a half-elf um, that it looks like he walked directly over here to the bar um, when he came in, judging by the footprints, and uh, he died in that spot. So there's some corpses here. Probably nothing to be concerned. Uh, give me a perception check. 18. 14. You can try and perceive things too, Nathan. Yeah, no, I'm just messing with some stuff. Uh, so that is a 8 for Nathan. All right, so um, Alunidos, you are also going to notice a couple more sets of footprints. You're going to notice another set of footprints that goes to this closed door over here to the uh, east in the uh, bottom corner. And then you're going to notice two more sets of footprints that um, go over here to the uh, west bottom corner the west uh, corner directly across from you. Uh, and then you're going to find another set of footprints that basically follows uh, this corpse's uh, footprints in the northwest corner, except they go to a door directly below him. When you say below, do you mean like a trap door underneath him or the one way down to the south? So there's a set of footprints that goes here. Two sets of footprints that go here. One set of footprints um, that's not these three corpses that goes to this door over here to the east. Ooh, check it out. There's footprints uh, going all over the place to this door there, that door there, and that door over there. Oh, and there's um, also... Are these two things on the south 
There's also a set of footprints that goes to this door right here. So those are both sets of doors? Those in the, the two south wall? Yeah, so there is a door here from where you can see. Door here, a door here, door here, and two double doors here. And then, of course, a door right here. Um, you can see, also looking around this uh, great room, um, over here, there is appears to be a stairwell. Looking around the walls, you are going to see paintings. Uh, you are going to see tapestries. And over on the east side, you are going to see a rapier hanging on the wall. Oh, no, it's a pretty good. nice place. Oh, yeah, I mean, That's this place... This place would be beautiful if it wasn't, you know, abandoned and ran down and covered in dust. It's a real fixer-upper opportunity. You could flip this place. <laughs> because in, in, you know, this part of uh, Suell, you don't have to disclose that somebody died in the place. You have to ask that. <laughs> okay, so uh, one, one ground rule before we go out and about... We are not going to do something which I'm pretty sure Edel would have done if he were still alive, bless his soul. Uh, we're not going to decapitate every corpse we find. I just feel like that might be a little excessive, and I'm sure that there are no real ghosts in here. Just uh, a bunch of stupid people who died. I don't know, that actually sounds like a really good idea. Yeah, I think we might should, uh, like, well, maybe not the corpses. Corpses might not be a problem. They've just been lying there all this time. But whatever killed them is probably a problem. Uh, would you like to inspect the corpses? Probably a good idea. I'm less effective at that. A 21 to see what these corpses would happen to them. If you look over here to the... Or where are you starting? Are you starting over here, up top? or uh, I was counterclockwise. So the guy in the bottom right. Okay, so um, you go over to investigate. And as you move up... Uh, Iolus and Nifron are going to like step out here to try to stay in the light. <laughs> But uh, 21 investigation, um, it's pretty obvious that this person died from deep stab wounds. You would think that the, uh, the blade or the dagger is probably about um, two inches or an inch and a half thick. And the uh, stab wounds go all the way through the body. Wow, that is quite, quite the penetration. Holy cow. Uh, let's move up to these next guys. You walk up to these next guys, and um, pretty much the same. They uh, look like they have been stabbed through the chest and heart. Now, there's a sword on the wall, is that correct? Uh, that's correct. Is the sword rusted or bloody? I feel like it, it probably would be a weapon that you would use to make these kinds of food. Uh, you want to go over and inspect it? Sure. All right, so as you go over and inspect it, it is going to start rattling on the wall and rattle faster and faster and faster until it's just like uh, this this jerky up and down motion on the uh, the little hooks that are holding on to the wall and then it's going to fly up into the air and spin and come directly at you Ungar. shit <laughs> So it is going to stab down on you, and that is a 17. Does that hit your armor class? That will hit. You are going to take five points of piercing damage as this thing flies up towards this uh, the high ceiling, which is probably 12 feet tall in this, and come diving straight down at you and stabs you in the shoulder. 
and then it is going to pull out and then flip around and take um, swirl around again and come at you. Uh, you want to make an attack on it? Absolutely. I'm not really prepared for this, so I'm going to use just an unarmed attack. Unless I do have time to pull out my glaive and just go at it. Uh, you'd be able to pull out your glaive as a bonus action. Okay. Um, a 16 to hit. Uh, that does not hit. Okay. As you take a swing with this heavy glaive, uh, which is made out of a mantium, and it's super heavy, you swing down at it, and it just nimbly flies out of the way. And uh, it kind of raises its uh, tilt up and dances around like it's mocking you. Uh, does anybody else want to do anything? I could use some help over here. This sword is dancing on its own. Um, I'll throw a dagger towards it. <laughs> okay. Worse ideas have been uh, told. This could work. Uh, you are just out of range from where you are right now. Oh, and I'll scoot there. Okay. And that's a 25 to hit. Uh, that hits. Four fifteen. Okay, so uh, you take your da- dagger and throw it through the air, and it's almost like a parry. Um, but, like, you hit the blade and the, the iron and still uh, ring off of each other, and then your blade's going to come flying back to your hand. So now it is going to flip around and see where that blade came from, and it's going to come screaming at you. Of course it is. Uh, and that is a 20 to hit. That hits, but I'll use Uncanny Dot. Okay, so uh, that is four points of damage reduced to two as it basically chases your dagger as the dagger is returning to your hand and um, slams into your arm up above uh, in your forearm where the uh, dagger flew back to. Uh, guys, what the fuck do I, how, how do we kill this thing? With great difficulty. And smashing. Hey, mage. Yes? You know magic. Fix this. <laughs> <laughs> Iolus is going to uh, walk up here and kind of like get behind this couch and duck down. So hoping that the sword doesn't see him. And uh, he's going to cast fire bolts at it. And he is going to miss it terribly <laughs> as this uh, fire bolt streams out of his hands and uh, a sword just raises up, dodges out of the way of this uh, firebolt as it slams into the uh, plaster wall on the opposite side. I'm going to say, why didn't I kill you again? Uh, you don't see his reaction because he's ducked down behind the couch. <laughs> um, Nifron's moving up, and uh, he is going to come over here because the sword's kind of about 10 feet up in the air right now. And he's going to come over here and jump off of the edge of the couch to try to get enough air to attack this sword. And that is, that's a miss. Um, I'm going to try to swing with his dagger too, and that's a miss as well. He's just, he, he jumps off of it, but he's just not quite high enough. And uh, he's going to um, fall down to the floor on his feet. Broccoli, do you want to try to anything? Uh, yeah, I'm going to take my take out my great axe and try to hit it uh 18 i'm guessing uh yep so you slash with that axe and you miss uh, i think you get another attack you should be able to get two attacks at your level all right 19 that's gonna miss too so you take two swings of this thing 
and uh, you're just finding air as it uh, dodges around your axe. Uh, Juliet, you want to do something? Yes, absolutely. Juliet is done with the shenanigans. We'll just cast Magic Missile, automatically hit it, and do a bunch of damage. Cast that at level 2, because this thing stabbed me. It's, it's not okay. It's not 12 damage. Alright, so these uh, magical darts come flying out of your hand and slamming into this blade. And you see it stagger back through the air. It looks like it's having some uh, stability problems, but uh, it's still floating around, but it's uh, down near the ground now. And it is going to swing around and attack uh, Brakul. I'll get that eventually, I swear. Uh, don't worry, it's Brakul. Yeah. Uh, that is a an 11. Does that hit? Oh, dear God, yeah. <laughs> an 11 hits your armor class? Nah, I'm not really looking at it. My armor class is 12, apparently. Okay, so this thing is going to miss you. Uh, Talia? Yep. I'm going to throw my daggers again. Actually, I'm going to cast... Um, it has to make a wisdom save against 13. Okay. Uh, that's a 14 that's going to pass. Gosh darn it all the heck. Oh, hold on. Let me check this stat. I don't think that's right. I rolled a 15, but its wisdom's got to be super low. Because it's an inanimate object? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, it's, it's got a negative uh, 3 to wisdom. So, uh, yeah, that would affect it. So, uh, roll 1d12. 2d12, because I'm 5th level, and that's 10. Alright, so um, you cast this spell, and you see this uh, this black smoke pop up around it as it's doing this necrotic damage, and you're going to see it like sputter through the air and try to get away um, back to its place on the wall, and then you're just going to see it drop and clatter to the ground motionless, and you're going to hear a voice from behind the couch uh, that you recognize as Iolus and says, Is it dead yet? It's an anime. It's probably not dead, but it's stopped. Good, good, good. And you'll see him uh, rise up from the uh, couch. And uh, as you... uh, Are you looking in his direction? Well, I am now. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm going to be looking towards that direction where the voice... So, uh, as you uh, look in his direction, you are going to see this uh, little girl apparition appear behind him and you're all going to suddenly feel the room grow cold but Talia is the only person who is going to uh, see this ghost as it disappears again uh guys I just saw something uh yeah you finished off that sword no like a see through person well I think that's to be expected and uh Iolus is going to say is is it just me or is it it feel like it, it got really cold in here all of a sudden I mean, it's, it, I thought it was already freezing cold here, but, uh, you know, we're dragging on. Yes, I have felt the difference in the air as well. well. That makes two. I suppose there must be some sort of phenomenon. Maybe a sudden winter storm. Um, right now, you're towards the end of summer. Um, it's not quite fall yet. Um, nights are probably about 70 degrees so you don't think that's it uh it's el it's an el nino (laughs) fantasy el nino (laughs) and i think that's probably a pretty good place to end the episode 
Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dungeons and Debacles podcast. If I could ask a halfling size favor, give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It's the best way to support us. New episodes come out every Monday, so make sure to check your podcast app. Do you have an idea to make the podcast better? Tell us about it on Twitter or Facebook. You can also check out our website to see all the maps, lore, and characters at DungeonsAndDebaclesPodcast.com. And now a word from our fantasy sponsor. Greetings, and welcome to the Wizard's Wardrobe. I'm the proprietor, Balak Hyrule, at your service. We have Swell's most unique collection of magical items and potions. Have you ever wanted to fly? We have a potion for that. Have you ever wanted to be strong as a bull? We have an elixir that can make that happen. Did you use a magical item without knowing what it did? We have scrolls that can remove almost any curse. Once there was a young man that found a girdle, and when he put it on, it turned him into a lady. That was quite a shock, I'm sure. We helped him with that, too. Oh, where was I? Oh, yes, the wizard's wardrobe. We have rods and wands and cloaks and robes to fit almost any discerning adventurer's need. And all items have been identified by a certified wizard, so you know you're getting exactly what you paid for. Guaranteed! When you think of magic, think of the wizard's wardrobe. We are located on Elm Street in Luscane. And remember, if it didn't come from the wizard's wardrobe, who knows what you're getting? The music you heard on this episode was Not As It Seems, Grave Blow, Anguish, The Chamber, and Nightmare Machine by Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License. CreativeCommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 3.0.